Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazer. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. And I think we start off with uh, what's going to be happening here at the Fieldhouse tonight, a big wrestling match. Yeah, uh, the Warriors uh, having a triangular, and that's pretty much how they run the conference season now yep. is triangulars. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, Kadat will be in here, and I believe that's the early match, uh, NGL and Kadat, and then the Osseo Co-op, which is several schools. Augusta and Fall Creek. Creek yeah. yeah, and uh, they will wrestle Kadat in the second match, and then they'll finish up with NGL in the third match. So. Okay. And it's there's a lot on the line. Warriors uh, undefeated in, in conference dual meet. Uh, they come through these two unscathed. They will be conference dual meet champions, which is a pretty big honor. Yeah, so, yeah they come in 7-0, and Kadat 6-1, and along yep. with Regis Altuna. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it goes a long way maybe towards what's going to happen next weekend. In Absolutely. Yeah, you, next weekend you got the conference tournament coming in. And, and right now I would think uh, uh, Regis Altoona, Kadat, and NGL will be the three favorites then, too. So okay. Abby Colby will have some fine wrestlers here, too. But, uh, yeah, it just kind of sets the pace. And it's a young group, Larry, that keeps getting better and better. And, and I think they're going to surprise us a little bit in tournament action here coming up, too. You know, so. I, I think I asked you this uh, at one of the games that we were at, but uh, you got to be surprised a little bit about this NGL team on I, top I of the conference. I am shocked. You know, I said, you know, okay, Chase Littner, he's, of course, he's come up in the, in the youth, but he's done very well at 106 for a freshman. Uh, Ridge Tibbet sat out last year because um, he felt he was too small to wrestle, and he was. <laughs> but he's come back at 113, and he's just been dynamite this year coming back. And, uh, you know, uh, the rest of the guys, uh, Dane Luchteron, Jake Luchteron, uh, Jackson Meyer, yeah, heavyweight. He's, yeah. he, he's 22 and 8 on the season, Larry. That's a freshman at heavyweight. That's tremendous. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, I, I'm totally, I thought J- Jackson would be an excellent wrestler down the line, but not as a freshman. I thought that'd be a little too much as a freshman, but. He's wrestled a lot of matches over his career and in big matches. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got going to some national tournaments and stuff. So, and uh, and he's doing well. And then, um, like we said, uh, Hudson, uh, Sebastian Opel, since he's come back, he's just been great. He's 21 and one on the season, uh, champion at 150 pounds at Sparta last weekend. So it's. He's, and he's. I think that's really made the team better with him stabilizing everything at 150 pounds. Yeah, so, so, yeah. And like so. you said, it's a it's a young team. There's yeah. a lot of underclassmen yeah. in that. Yeah, you have three seniors in the lineup. You know, um, Dane Luchteron, who's having a great year. Uh, he's at 24-9. Gavin McFarland at 157. He's 20 and 11 this year. And Damian Sampson at 190. But everybody else is pretty much freshmen and sophomores, and then Hudson is a junior. So, okay. so All very right. young team. So Yeah, so, so good things uh, looking ahead here for NGO. You bet, you bet. So. And hard to believe that we're talking about the conference, conference season. Yeah. Conference meet already next But, but you weekend. know, I look at my schedule at home, and, and uh, uh, the girls have, what, two or three conference games left, and the boys uh, probably five or six, and it's done. Yeah. You know, it's, we're talking crossover in just a few weeks, so... Oh. Yeah, and speaking of uh, girls basketball, they won their 64th in a row in Eastern Clorabel Conference play the other night when they uh, they beat Loyal 51-20. to So they go 9-0 and now yep. uh, in the Eastern Clorabel. Greenwood improved to 7-3 and uh, with their win uh, over Gilman and then uh, Owen Withy, a winner over Columbus Catholic. So now there's just a half game between yeah. those two. And Owen Withy is a team to watch. Yeah. They, they have really come on lately, and uh, they, they beat Greenwood pretty handily up there, and now they've beaten Columbus. Um, it, it seems like that's a team that has their sights on second place here in the Eastern Cloverbelt. And I heard an interview with uh, Coach Jowling up there yeah. and Owen Withy, and he says that since he has taken over 
Of course, Al Goodman was the big longtime yeah, absolutely, coach. Absolutely, yeah. And he wants to bring that program back up to yeah, where it was. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 hard. It's hard yeah. following Eva, you know. You know, and someday it's going to happen in Nilsville. Somebody's going to have to step into John Geyer's shoes, too, right? You know. Yeah. And uh, it's <clears throat> it's hard because everybody thinks you should be able to step in, and it's not that easy. So. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, Nilsville right now at nine and zero, and again Greenwood and Owen Withy, Columbus Catholic is right there, yeah, and Loyal's in the mix. Saying, yep. Yeah. For Loyal, second place. Loyal's going to have a say down there too. So it's. Uh, a lot of there's like I said about three or four games left in in the girls' conference season, so there's going to be a lot to play for yet. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, <coughs> in the Western Clorbelt, McDonald Central uh, is at nine and zero, and Fall mm-hmm. Creek at nine and one. Regis is still hanging around there mm-hmm. at seven and two, so yeah, they have a chance, chance. maybe at a second place. It just doesn't seem like anybody has it the horses to go with Fall Creek and McDonald. No, and especially McDonald, you know. Yeah. So but. and even when they went against each other, McDonald Central, yeah, handily, yeah, you know, so beat Fall Creek. Yeah, I, I I look for them, Larry, just down the line. There's going to be a pretty good collision course in Division Four between them and Phillips. Mm-hmm. Looks like Phillips has a very good team again yeah. this year. Yes, so, they are. So. Yeah, it could be interesting once tournament time yeah, comes. Yeah, absolutely. With area teams. Yeah, so, all right. So that's girls basketball. We, we should say, oh, Larry. Sorry. We should say uh, the girls are at home Friday night okay, against yep. Gilman, but Saturday they are making a trip to Mozanie. I believe that's this Saturday. Yep. yep. Saturday so, afternoon. Yeah. Yep. So that's, they picked up. A, they lost a game at the Auburndale tournament because somebody pulled out, and they picked up a game with a pretty good Mozanie <laughs> team. So. <laughs> okay. Well, they they used to play them. Yeah, they years always go. Yeah, and then. Uh, Mosinee has been at the Auburndale tournament over the years sure. too. Yeah, so, so right. It's uh, kind of a nice fit there. Yeah, so. yeah. So they got Gilman Friday night at the yeah. Fieldhouse, then at Mosinee on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. That's a three o'clock start. Yeah. Uh, over in Mosinee, Sydney Sydney Subkey ranked fifth in the three point challenge in Division Four this week. So yeah, so. and the girls uh, ranked tenth. Yep. in Division yep. Four. Just have a trouble moving off that number ten. <laughs> it's tough. We yeah. got three losses. Yeah, it's tough and, to move up. <laughs> Division four is a beast anyway. Yeah, it is. So, yes, so, it is. Yes, so. it is. All right, girls or boys basketball, uh, Columbus Catholic, 8-0, Nilesville 7-1. They're going to meet each other tonight. Tonight's tonight. We will see. We'll see how far Nilesville's come. You know, we've, you and I both feel Nilesville's improved tremendously since their first matchup. Tonight they'll get a chance to prove it. So. I had a chance to talk with head coach Mike Geyer before practice on Tuesday, and he talks about how that team has improved uh, since losing four in a row. Mm-hmm. And that matchup with Columbus Catholic tonight. All right, Coach, let's talk first of all about your team. Uh, four losses in a row to start the season, and now you've won 10 of the last 12. What's been the difference here? Uh, practice time, getting in, the, getting in the gym and working on things. Um, I think we're, uh, we had to learn a lot not having a Drew Brown, uh, Braden Trunkel, or Alex King on the team for the first time, and we had to learn how to play team basketball. The, those type of kids uh, that we've had make it pretty easy for shot selection for other kids. They, those kids are able to draw five defenders and kick it out, so threes are a little easier, a little more open. And now we had to spend a lot of time at deciding what shots we want to take and how to get them and just being ready to shoot them when we're open. And through practice time and playing with each other, um, they, they started to get that. You know, I think a big part of our early season um, – downfalls along with playing some really good teams right away was we were in the 40s or 30s scoring the basketball and now since I think it was I looked December 15th uh, we've been in the 60s 70s and 80s Um, so you know our defense I think has been pretty decent all year we can always get better but uh, just putting the ball in the hole has been a big difference for us and kids getting confident in what shots they want to take and how to get them has been a big difference. I know you, you mentioned defense 
And that's been a big thing for you guys, too. I know you talk about offense, but defense has been really good. Yeah, you know, back when we were scoring 40 a game, we were only giving up 48 or 50. Uh, we, were, we were doing pretty well doing that. Um, and so that's what we knew we had to hang our hat on this year, um, not knowing who is going to step up and be a big-time scorer for us. We're trying to figure that out still. Um, but defense has got to be a, a constant. And what I tell the kids is defense, you know, is, is about – heart and energy uh, and that takes no talent so uh, our, our rotations and things like that we can work on but heart and energy uh, our kids have a great bit of that and that's what's carried us on defensive end. Second half of the conference season starting now uh, you finished seven and one in the first half what's going to be your uh, strength or what are you going to have to do going on in the second half? Yeah, well, we'll see Thursday against uh, Columbus right away. Um, they haven't lost yet in the conference, so we'll kind of see where we're at there. Um, but, you know, not having bad not having bad stretches in a game where we don't score for a while um, and, and we're giving up baskets or turnovers, really taking care of the ball and getting the shots we want, uh, whether they go in or not, uh, that's not always in our control sometimes, but uh, not, not making turnovers that are unforced or, or anything like that, mental errors. Uh, and just staying together. We talk about the trust they need to have in each other, uh, the energy they need to have for each other um, every game because we want to be the best team at the end of the year, and, and we got to keep climbing the mountain to get to the top. You talked about Columbus Catholic. What are you going to have to do this time around against the Dons? Well, you know, looking at stats, we, we did a lot of fouling. Um, I think we lost by 9 or 10 points that game, and they made 10 more free throws than us. So that was a big difference in the game. So we really got to focus on uh, playing hard without fouling, which is a hard thing to do. Um, but playing and, and obviously guarding them in general is a hard thing to do with their ability to shoot the three and then on a bad closeout attack you to the rim. So really playing without hands and, and moving our feet well, working on closeouts um, and and. and keeping them off the free throw line they're too good on offense to give them free ones um so really being disciplined in that regard and then again you got it you got good teams are always going to score you got to be able to score with them a little bit so we're going to have to put the ball in the hole uh, along with keeping them off the free throw line all right well good luck thank you coach guy are talking a lot about how his offense has improved yeah it really the beginning it's really involved i said that, you know the early matches uh games i should say larry there wasn't a lot of movement not a lot of picks, just struggling and to find an identity. And then, you know, maybe it was the marathon game where, where they did lose, but it just seemed like the movement was better. The passing, Chris, the ball just didn't go in the basket. But since then, it, um, they've just been excellent with ball movement and sharing the ball. I, you know, it's, there's usually four guys in double figures every day, but it's always a different four guys. Yeah, right. You know, so. Yeah, and he, and he mentioned, uh, you know, of course, we mentioned that beginning of the year without one of your, you know, a top yeah. scorer and a guy to rely on all the time. So yeah. they've kind of had to re- kind of figure out that offense, yeah. and it's taken a little bit. Defense is the thing that they were going to yeah. hang their hat on. You bet. And coming I, into the season. Yeah, and they, it's really stayed for us. That 3 2 zone that they run with uh, <clears throat> Schultz in the middle and Boyer on one side and Erickson on the other has just been tremendous in getting steals and easy transition baskets. So, but. Uh, you know, you talk about the team trying to find an identity without a high score. It's been a long time since Coach Geyer coached a team without a high score. Right. Yes. So I think he had to find yeah. some neutral ground sure. there, too. Yeah. So, so. And uh, this is a different-looking Nielsville team it than really it was is. when they played Columbus it the first was time. very well. Yeah, Columbus got off to a huge lead. And maybe that was a kind of a turning point in the season, too, because Nielsville battled back all the way mm-hmm. back to within five. They were down 34-17 to 17 in that game. They battled back to within five. And it was down the line. Free throws got Columbus back up by nine. But 
that that was one of the games that you call a turnaround game right there too. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, it, it'll be fun to watch to see how far they've come tonight. So and of course in that first matchup, Columbus didn't have Emmett Konitsky. Right, and and he will be back tonight. So yes. so yeah, and you you know you throw him in along with Blake Jacoby and Charlie Moore. You got an awful lot of good outside shooters on the floor at one time. Nielsen is really going to have to hustle on defense to get out on those shooters. So. Emmett is playing very well. Yes, he is. <laughs> since yeah. he's come back. Yeah, yes, he has. So. All right, so that's uh, that's boys basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big one coming up tonight: mm-hmm. uh, Nielsville and Columbus Catholic, right. seven fifteen on ninety two seven, WPKG. All right, uh, boys and girls hockey. Uh, the girls team uh, not faring too bad. They're at uh, what twelve and seven. Twelve and I think. seven <clears throat> uh, with a win Tuesday night. At- Rook, I believe. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, Sydney Magnuson now just about ninety three percent save percentage on the year. So she had twenty eight the other night yes, against Rook. Yep, yep. So she's doing very well. Yeah, you bet. So they're 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 coming up on tournament time too. Yeah, so. <laughs> hard to believe. Uh, the boys of Black River Falls co op team ten and eight. Yep. Uh, on the season. Yeah, they took a loss to West Salem on Tuesday night, but uh, a couple local guys having pretty good seasons. Zachary Magnus four goals and two assists on the season. And then Wyatt Hanna, one goal and eight assists on the season. So okay. a couple of guys really contributing down there for the sure. for the co-op. So. All right, there we go. That's uh, that's kind of a little synopsis of yeah. what's going on <laughs> in high school sports. As uh, we mentioned, counting down to uh, tournament you know, time. Like tournament I said, the wrestlers time. have their conference tournament next weekend, which is in Nielsen. But then the following weekend, they go right into regionals and, and sectionals and state. Bang, bang, bang. The whole month of February is booked for them. So. Yeah. So. Uh, what's the last weekend of February state? Yes. Wow. Yep. 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 It's so. just a month away. <laughs> Same day as a basketball crossover. Yeah, probably the girls regional and all. Yeah, that's a busy weekend. <laughs> I know. That's that's a busy weekend. All right. Uh, where are they now here on the okay, show? Okay, Larry. Uh, I didn't do this intensely, but we are going to Marshall Columbus today. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Neil Ziggerlicky, a 2007 graduate of Columbus Catholic High School. Neil was a four-year letter winner on the Columbus Catholic cross-country team. His freshman year, Columbus finished third at the WIA Division III sectionals, qualifying for the WIA State Meet, where they would finish 13th as a team in Division III. Neal finished 91st in the State Meet as an individual that year. His sophomore year, Columbus finished third at the WIA Division III sectional, again qualifying for the WIA Division III State Meet, where they would finish 13th as a team. Neal that year finished 82nd as an individual in the State Meet. His junior year, Columbus finished third in the WIA Division III sectional, qualifying for the W, the Division III state meet again, where they would finish 13th as a team. That year, Neil moved up to 31st as an individual that year, and he was also second-team all-conference in the Merrillwood that season. His senior year, uh, Neil finished sixth at the Merrillwood Conference meet to earn first-team all-conference honors. He would finish his career with a 15th-place finish at the WIA Division III sectional. In the winter, Neil was a three-year letter winner on the Columbus Catholic basketball team. His sophomore year, Columbus was 13-9 on the season, losing to Oliva Strum in the regional semis. Neil averaged 9.7 points per game on the season. His junior year, the Dons were 13-11 on the season, losing in the sectional semis to Lords Academy. Neil averaged 13 points per game that year and was a second-team selection on the Merrillwood South All-Conference team. His senior year, the Dons were 19-6 on the season, losing in the division sectional, fi- sectional finals to Surring, 67-59. Neal was first-team selection on the Merrillwood South All-Conference team that year. Today, Neal ranks 16th all-time on the Columbus Catholic all-con- all-time scoring list. In the spring, Neal was a four-year letter winner on the Columbus Catholic track team. 
His sophomore year, he was part of a 4x800 relay team that qualified for the WIA Division III state meet at lacrosse. His junior year, he was part of the 4x800 and 4x1600 relay teams that qualified for the WIA Division III state meet. They placed 9th in the 800 and 10th in the 1600. His senior year, he was again part of the state qualifying in the 4x800 and the 4x1600 relay teams. The Columbus, the Columbus 4x800 relay team finished 8th and 10th in the 1600. After graduation, Neil enrolled at uh, Viterbo University in lacrosse and joined the V-Hawk basketball team. His, uh, his freshman year, Viterbo was 9-21 nine, nine on the season. Neil averaged one point per game. His sophomore year, uh, Neil was, uh, Viterbo was 14-18 on the season. Neil averaged two points and two rebounds on the season. His junior year, the V-Hawks were 14-15 and 15 on the season. Neil averaged, again, two points and two rebounds on the season. He was a, Midwest, he was a Midwest Collegiate Conference All-Academic Selection and was also named an NAIA uh, athlete, uh, Scholar-Athlete that year. His senior year, Turbo was 6-25 on the season. Neil averaged seven points and three points rebounds per game. He was named to the Midwest Collegiate Conference All-Academic Team and again was named an NAIA Scholar-Athlete. Neil graduated from Viterbo University in 2011 with a bachelor's degree in business management. He was a magna cum laude honor student. In 2012, Neil graduated from Viterbo with a master's of business administration, or MBA, concentrating on sustainability and leadership. Today, Neil is chief executive officer of the Cross Area Chamber of Commerce, where he specializes in culture and enterprise strategic planning consulting. Neil and his wife, Whitney, who works as a marketing strategic, a strate, strategy person at Gensler Arch Architecture, reside in the lacrosse area. Neil Ziger, lucky. Larry. Yeah, that's uh, strat strategy and statistics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always ones that always get me. Yeah, strategic. Strategic and <laughs> statistical. And this guy's pretty interesting, yeah. though. Reading a lot of articles, there's a lot of people pushing for him, like to run for mayor of lacrosse and stuff. Really? Like that, and trying to get get his hat maybe in the political ring and stuff. He really wow. carries a lot of weight around lacrosse. Wow, you know, good so for him. Pretty interesting. So. Good for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, the big news uh, coming down earlier in the week. Uh, some uh, well, first <laughs> the Bucks. <laughs> Uh, kind of a surprise, uh, yeah. thirty and thirteen, and they they yeah. fire their head coach. Yeah, this is something that doesn't happen every day. No, <laughs> you know, I said thirty and thirteen, probably be happy for most teams, but when you have championship as, uh, aspirations like the Bucks do, and they made the made big trade for Damian Lillard, obviously the bar has been raised. And defensively, Larry, last year at this time they ranked fourth in the NBA. They are twenty six mm. this year. And no. that's not going to do it come playoff time. No. You cannot win games 140 to 130. No, not in yeah, the playoffs. So, no. yeah, so, so um, I haven't heard. Uh, I, I, they are going after Doc Rivers. No, they've got him. They've got Doc yep. Rivers. Okay. So, yep, they so, signed him. So, uh, they, they what do you went, think? I, you know, Doc Rivers is highly regarded in Milwaukee. Of course, he was a Marquette graduate and played a lot on the you know, big-time basketball in Marquette. And he's been pretty successful as a coach. We'll see. So. I know some of the analysts uh, that I've listened to uh, say that uh, if he doesn't get it done now, this he's, may be his last. Yeah, this this is probably his last go run around ro yeah. rodeo. He's getting up there in age anyway. But I think he's sixty three. Yeah, you know, and but uh, just pretty interesting, you know. Adrian Griffin, he, you know, he he was under Nick Nurse at Toronto, and Nick Nurse always had tremendous defensive teams. Yeah. and I don't know what this deal was, you know, but 
you know, you think back, you traded probably the best defensive guard in the NBA in Holiday to right. get Lillard, and right there, I think, says a lot yeah. right there, too. You traded, what you did was you traded offense for, for defense. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and everybody was excited about the trade, but, uh, you know, now now people are wondering. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. So. so the Bucks get a new coach in, uh, in Doc Rivers, and uh, the Packers then uh, – the other day, fired their uh, defensive coordinator. I think a lot of people saw that coming. Coming, you know, I, uh, a few successful games at the end of the season doesn't make a season. And, no, and there's just too many hiccups over the year. You know, too many late losses, and you know, you, you think about some of the games where people are running free in the secondary, and just you know, just and then I, you know, I read an article Tuesday. It said all oh, the defensive players would like to keep him around. Well. No, yeah, you underperform. Maybe they don't, the bar isn't raised high enough. So, so well, if they'd have played like they did in the last few games Absolutely. of the year, all year, yeah, even in the San Francisco game, they played well. Yes, yeah. they allowed that late touchdown, but uh, they played very well. Their you know their defensive line played a lot better, and their defensive back, your young defensive backs played very well. Whoever steps into this position is going to be if they bring the right thing, they've got the players to do it. You know, there's yeah. talk of uh, who was Tennessee's head coach. Uh, not recall. Butch Jones? No, no, no. Tennessee, the Titans. Oh, Titan Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. Yeah, We're talking him maybe coming in. Yeah, that's a good defense um, of mine. I understand that San Diego's ex head coach is uh, off the list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not. And on I'll the tell radio. you one name that'll come up in social media is Jim Leonard. Yes. Yeah. And he was I, talked about too. Yeah, and Alfred, and when Matt Lafleur took the job, he offered the defensive coordinator job. To Jim Leonard, but Leonard thought he was going to take Wisconsin's right, job, right? Absolutely, and it didn't or happen. or other coaching, right? You know, and things were pretty good in Madison at the time with Paul Christ, and but he he every year he was being mentioned for head coaching jobs, right? And uh, he stayed put, and now it didn't work out. But uh, you know, you wonder if he's been away from the pro game a little too long, too, though. So yeah, yeah, uh, his name did come up, yeah. You know, Mike Vrabel is a solid defensive coach. Ron Rivera was another name. Yeah, which is another name. Ron Rivera's always had great defenses. Whether or not he wants to to go back into coaching, we'll see. Yeah. You know? But yeah. uh Because some know, of these guys maybe not as good a head coach, but they're yeah, good coordinators. Right. You know, I and I think, you know, you gotta look at some of the best defensives in the in the league, you know, and of course LaFleur comes from the Shanahan tree. Okay, look what Ryan's did at Texas this year as a head coach. It maybe maybe somewhere around there you pluck one. Um, out the Jets have a tremendous defensive team. Robert Sala, mm-hmm. you know the head coach, but he was a defense coordinator for the one. You get some maybe off somebody off his staff to bring in, you know, for success. You know that's it'll be interesting. Yeah, see who you know, he, uh, it'll goes be interesting out. to see who Lafleur brings in. Yeah, it really will. Yeah. So uh, the Tennessee Titans did get a new head coach. Yep. Uh, speaking of the Titans, uh, they took. Cincinnati's offensive coordinator yeah. Brian Callahan. Callahan. Yeah, yeah, and of course Callahan, tremendous offense. You know, tremendous. Obviously, a tremendous quarterbacks coach because what he did with Joe Burrow coming in right away. You don't see rookies take off like that, and and he has a young quarterback there, and and we'll see. He's not going to have Derrick Henry more than likely. So, no, so no. it'll it'll be a different looking offense. So, but uh, yeah, you know, and I said uh, some a couple of these. I don't understand the Patriots. They they st- pretty much stayed in house with Gerard Ma- Mayo. Mayo. You know, yeah. I, I don't understand that one, but who knows? And then Las Vegas returned their retained their interim coach, which I, I think that was surprise. a good move. Yeah, big yeah. He 
turned that around pretty good. Yeah, so, yep, so. that was a good move there. Yep. So and Carolina hired a former player who'd been in their personnel department. Dan Morgan is their new GM. So okay. He was a great right. linebacker for the. Yeah, oh sure, he, I remember he, him now. Yep, yep. So. Yeah, but uh, so there's still some coaching uh, vacancies yeah. out there. Uh, yeah. In the NFL, Bill Belichick still floating around. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Jim's Harbaugh still <laughs> floating around. Yeah, what a what a what a the rumor I I read and I don't know where these rumors come from, but anyway, yeah, if Bill Bill Belichick and Kurt Cousins heading to Atlanta. Hmm. <laughs> well, I know there's been. I mean, they've yeah. had several interviews. Belichick, both him and Harbaugh with Atlanta. Yeah, Belichick and Harbaugh have both interviewed in in Atlanta. Harbaugh, Harbaugh has interviewed with the Los Angeles Chargers also. Okay. So. All right. And I, Belichick interviewed one other place, too. I couldn't remember. Mm. I can't remember where. But. Not Dallas, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's well, talking I, about that one, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I said, Mike, you know, I said, I think the biggest thing about Belichick is he wants complete control. Yep. And the Joneses are not going to give up complete control. And I can't see him and Jerry Jones no. mixing there. You know, it, you go back to when Bill Parcells was there three years. That yeah. didn't work. And no. Bill Belichick comes from the Bill Parcells tree. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so yeah. they want to they wanna buy the cook groceries and cook the meal. So, <laughs> yes, <you know>. they <laughs> do, yes. And the Joneses do not allow that. The Joneses would rather have yes. Be- Jason Garrett lasted a long time as Dallas coach just because he was a yes man. He was a yes man. Yep. You bet. So. Yes. All right, so it is Championship Sunday in the yeah. NFL uh, this Sunday. We got the AFC Championship at two o'clock on CBS. Chiefs and the Ravens. First time the Ravens have hosted an AFC title yep. game mm-hmm. as the Ravens. Yes. Uh, they did it in Baltimore in '71. Yeah, and if you go back, I believe they hosted uh, as the Cleveland Browns. You know they. Yes, they did. Yeah. You're right. That yeah. was one of the, the drive. drive. The drive. <laughs> the drive with the Denver Broncos. Yes, <clears throat> but all that all those records stayed with the Cleveland franchise. Right. So, yes. so yep. it, technically, but. Uh, these two teams haven't met in a game since 2021. That's kind of amazing, considering they're in the same conference. Yeah, you know, you would think they'd match up somewhere down the line, you know. But uh, this should be a dandy. You know, I I didn't think KC would pull it off going into Buffalo, either. and I I really don't like them going into Baltimore either because I think Baltimore is playing very well. Their crowd is nuts there, you know. And, and they got yeah a better defense they, probably than much Buffalo. better. They have the best defense in football. Yeah, and and Lamar Jackson is playing at a MVP level. Yeah, he's playing as good or better than right. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. And then the uh, NFC Championship game at 5:30 on Fox has the Lions at the 49ers. 19th trip to the NFC title yeah. game for the 49ers. And of course, Detroit. I don't think has been in it since 1991. 91 was their last uh, yeah. Yeah. NFC Championship. And I don't know if they had one before that. <laughs> Probably in the 50s. Then <laughs> they're trying to get their first road win over San Francisco yeah, since 1975. It's going to be tough out there, Larry. But yeah, I think is. they got the team to do it. Yeah. I mean, if the Packers can get that close yeah. to them, right? You know, it's and <clears throat> you know, is Debo Samuel Samuel's going to be able to play? You take him off the field, it's a different team. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you got George Kittle ate the Packers up the other night. No only fans or what's about yeah. that's That's the guy, you know, you got to stop. And, but, uh, well, and I think, I think Detroit's defense is better. They're going to put more pressure on, absolutely. on the young guy. Yeah, yeah. Hutchinson, Hutchinson and those guys are, are going to put a big rush on. And I think, you know, I think Jared Goff, you know, I think the biggest thing that hurt Love was probably the rain in the second half. It seemed like because yeah. his throwing was really off the yeah. last quarter and a half. But uh, um, Jared Goff is playing at a high level, and and but uh, you know the thing about San Francisco, they get a lead, and then they're going to be able to run the ball, right. and that's going to be the 
the recipe. If Detroit can get out and get a lead, I think they'll be in pretty good shape. And again, pressure's on San Francisco. Yeah, it is. It, you could tell the pressure was on them last Saturday, yeah. too. So. Yeah, it's going to be on uh, you know, you kind of like to see Detroit win. They're one of four teams in the league who's never been to a Super Bowl, and probably the oldest franchise too, right? Yeah. By far, because, oh, yeah. because it's Cleveland and Houston, and and I'm not. I, forget, I always forget who the fourth one is, but you know, but Carolina's been there. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a fourth one somewhere. Believe me, <laughs> slips my mind too. Uh, Jacksonville. Yes. Yeah. So, You're right. Yep. But uh, all those other teams, you know, Jacksonville is an expansion team. Houston was an expansion team. Cleveland basically was an expansion team after the uh, Brown, the original Brown Arc model went to Baltimore. Right, right, right. So, but uh, um, the Lions have been in the NFL long probably as long as the Packers. So, so almost, so, yeah, so, yeah. So we'll see what happens on uh, Championship mm-hmm. Sunday coming up. Uh, one other note on the Packers: they did sign a kicker. Yes, they did. They didn't Jack, waste no time there. Jack Podlesny. Okay. From uh, well, Minnesota had him on their. Uh, Training camp roster. Okay. He was an undrafted rookie out of Georgia. Okay. And he uh, he didn't make the roster for the yep. Vikings. But, <laughs> you know, Co- didn't take long there. Coach huh? LaFleur wasn't happy with Fox Sports, but he didn't waste no time. No. Psych. <laughs> 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 he didn't put his money where his mouth was there. So Yeah, but, uh, that's uh, <laughs> interesting. All right. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers uh, may have filled a hole at first base. Yeah, we'll see. You know, Reese Hawks- Hoskins has been – you know, six years with Philly, um, a 242 hitter over the years, 148 home runs, 405 RBIs. I, uh, 2018, Larry, he hit 34 home runs, 96 RBIs. You look at his stats, a lot of walks, but a lot of Ks too. So, mm, okay. so but uh, you know, two years, 34 million. I think he's worth the risk. He he was out all last season with an injury, yeah. And then that he had been Philly's first baseman, but with him gone, they moved Bryce Harper into first base, and that, yeah. that's pretty much spelled the end for Reese Hoskins. So I, I think it's a good move. You know, there was talk about the Santana, and there was talk about Joey Votto, but uh, here you got a guy that's going to be, he'll be 31 on March 7th on St. Patrick's Day. So so he, uh, I think he's a good bet. So And a right-handed hitter, too. So Yeah, and if nothing else, maybe a DH. DH, you know, too. Every now and then. Too. So, yeah, they've got that this Bauer kid they picked up, Jake Bowers. From, yeah. It, you know, we'll see, you know, so, but... Uh, Add some more oomph in that lineup. They yeah, need it. So you bet. So. Uh, Ryan Braun's going to get his uh, name yeah. in the Walk of Fame. Yep. Sometime uh, yeah. this coming year. They yeah. don't know when, but uh, he'll yeah. have his uh, name engraved <coughs> on a home plate yeah, shaped he, piece of granite. You, want, you know, one of him and you know him, Robin Yout and Gantner, are probably the three greatest Brewers that played their whole career with the franchise. So yeah, all time home run leader. Yep. yep. Ryan Braun. <coughs> yep. He, and he was terrific. You know the the. The the PEDs got him a little bit there, but he never quit playing. No, you know, and yeah. and I think the longer he played, the fans appreciated him again. But boy, I'll tell you what, 2011, 2010, there wasn't wasn't a better hitter in baseball, Larry. No, he had yeah. some exciting games. Yeah, yeah, did some exciting things you for the bet. Brewers. Bet, um, so. Kind of brought him back into the postseason. You bet. After a long yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of <clears throat> when uh, the new regime took over. He was one of the few guys left from the original one. And he was a leader on that team, and he yeah. came up with a lot of big hits. I, I remember that tie-breaking game in Chicago, you know, they, for first play. He had a huge hit in that yeah. game, and, and I, he was a guy that these other guys all looked up to. So Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Joe Maurer, Todd Helton, and Adrian Beltre make the Baseball Hall yeah, of Fame. How about that? Two first ballot guys this year. And there's a lot of talk about Gary Sheffield not making it. Yeah, yeah. 
Gary Fitzgerald, Larry burned a lot of bridges in his time. Yeah, and yeah. I and I th- and not just on teammates, but also in the writers too. So, <clears throat> I, the thing about Mauer, he is uh, only the third catcher ever to be uh, elected on the first ballot. <clears throat> I would say Johnny Bench probably. Yes. Oh boy, let's see. We got to go back probably. Nope. No, we don't no, have no, to. No, no, in our lifetime. <laughs> in our lifetime. Yeah. I said Johnny Bench. Yeah, after Johnny Bench. Ah, uh, not Gary Carter. No. Oh, boy. Pudge Rodriguez. Pudge? Really? Yeah, he was a first ballot. And there will be a fourth one here in a couple of years, too, because if Yadier, oh, yeah, Yadier right. Molina is not first ballot, then there's something yeah. wrong with the system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they're already saying, Yeah. you know, I was watching some of these shows the other day after this, uh, <laughs> after these three guys got in, and they're, they're complaining about other guys that haven't gotten yeah. in. And they're, they're talking about, you know, the steroid era there yeah. and all these guys that are not in, Bonds mm-hmm. and Sosa. Clemens. And, yeah. Well, yeah. So is it. Pete Rose in? Yeah, Pete Rose isn't in. <laughs> you know, he, <clears throat> they all broke the rules, and you know that's the way. And baseball has always been a very traditional game. Yeah. And you know, you talk to any veterans committee, all these guys, they they want nothing to do with Pete Rose, right? No. You know, and I think it's going to be the same thing with the steroid. I guys, think so. You know, so but it's, uh, it's just that way. It's just the way yeah. it happened. Yeah, Billy Wagner was five votes short, so he'll, he'll be yeah. a guy to look for next year because I think he's only got one more year left. I was going to say, yeah, I don't think he's got more left on the ballot. But he was a great left-handed relief he was. pitcher. He was. Know? But, you know, relief pitchers haven't always been smiled on when it comes to the uh, Hall of Fame. So, no, so. just because of their – But, you know, Adrian, Adrian Beltre, he was interesting too. You know, he, he played for the Los Angeles uh, Dodgers, but when he went to Texas in 2011, he became a Hall of Fame player in yeah. Texas. So. Played a long time. Yeah. And I and one guy, Todd Helton too. You yeah, know, he played all those he was years. A great hitter. Yeah, under the radar out in Colorado, but what a great hitter. And of course, uh, Coors Field is always people kind of bias against Tours Field, but Todd Helton could hit anywhere. So he so. beat out Peyton Manning. I heard as a quarterback yeah. somewhere. Yeah. What, University of Tennessee. Was it Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> he was a good athlete. <laughs> left-handed, left-handed thrower. Was a good too, athlete. So, yeah, good so. athlete. All right, uh, so what else we got going on? Uh, Wisconsin Badgers defeated Minnesota the other night, yes. uh, Tuesday night. Uh, they are ranked 13th in the country, and they host Michigan State Friday night. At the Still Gold hold Center. that top spot in the Big Ten. You bet. They're there. So got, they've got a tough schedule coming up, but you know because they've got Purdue and a True. few others coming in. But uh, looking pretty good for the NCAAs. So, yeah. So. I never would have thought that they would be, but yeah. you know what, this <laughs> – you know, uh, this portal and all that. Yeah. I mean, you get A.J. Store coming in here. I said this is, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of them, but they are so much more athletic. You, you, even when you go back to the uh, Bo Ryan teams that made the Final Four, this is a more athletic team oh, than yeah. Bo Ryan ever had. Yeah. You know. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> Probably not as disciplined no, as the absolutely. Bo Ryan team. And, and, you know, the Bo Ryan teams of 14 and 15 were so senior-oriented. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. You know, you take Kaminsky and all those guys, you know, and they were four-year guys. You know, they they almost had it. They were almost like a, a mid-major team mm-hmm. because, you know, they very few one and duns or whatever they called them in those days, and that's why you know, and that's what made Bo Ryan such a good coach because he could take these guys. They weren't highly recruited, but he made them into players by the time they were seniors. So. Yeah, Kaminsky went on to the <coughs> NBA. The NBA, Sam Decker too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, Minnesota or Wisconsin women also beat Minnesota. Yeah. Yep. So all the teams beat. Uh, Minnesota this year, yeah. hockey. men's and women's basketball, hockey teams, football, football and volleyball, yep. all beat Minnesota. 
I don't and know. The Packers they, split with the Vikings. Yeah, so. <laughs> they didn't say how long it's been since they've done no, that. No, but. but you know, it's, Wisconsin's been pretty down. You know, yeah. basketball lately hasn't been real strong up at, at Minnesota. Hockey, it seems like it's about 50-50 yeah. every year. Boy, at and lately till this year, um, the boys Minnesota's been dominating, but it's on the opposite side with the girls. Yeah, I mean, right. Mark Johnson pretty well does his yeah. best there, but so. yeah, he's done a nice job with that team. Yeah, just and he keeps getting stronger and stronger. So yes, yes, indeed. So. All right, so we got the big game tonight uh, in boys yeah. basketball, Nielsville yeah. and Columbus should Catholic. Should be a big crowd and should be a raucous time in Columbus. It yes. always is. So. Yes, it is. <laughs> Seven fifteen is game time on ninety two seven. WPKG. That'll do it for two guys on sports for this week. I'm Larry Hazel. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you again next week. Yep.